This is Brett from Dimension Z, joined as I am every week by Greg of the Dead. How are you doing, man? Doing good. How are you doing? Not bad. I'm glad that Liz's family isn't, like, super rich, murdering people that, like, I married in, and then all of a sudden I have to play a game, because I'm horrible at games, as you know. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking, this is, you're married, like, aren't you glad this didn't happen to you? Oh my god, where it's just like, Liz pulls me aside on our wedding day, it's like that night, and she's like, um, honey, yeah, there's some, um, something about our family, we're Satanists. <laughs> so this was the first time watched for you, what did you yeah, think? Yeah, it was really good, I really enjoyed it, um, yeah, I love the kind of humor, the, like, absurdity, like, humor in it, of just like, oh my god, like, she pulled the hide or seek hide and seek card. Are we really doing this? Yeah, I guess so. Like, dude, especially like the people who married into the family, like their reactions to it, especially the one guy with the crossbow. Oh my I god, I love him the whole time. I, I know we'll get to it, but like when he's like, I don't know how to work this thing, and he's sitting taking a shit, looking like at YouTube tutorials <laughs> how to shoot a crossbow. I'm like, yeah, that's what I would be doing. That's how I fix my car. Like. Oh, that's how I do everything. Yeah. So yeah, this is Ready or Not, if you didn't know, from 2019, directed by Radio Silence. It's a collective thing, okay. and I think one of them's a writer. It's the same people who did Scream, the new one. Oh, nice. Which you can tell because I love that movie, and I really fucking love this movie. I was so, gonna, yeah, that makes sense. I was going to say, when you said Radio Silence, I was like, that sounds familiar. Then I remember you telling me that when we saw Scream. That's awesome. These guys, like, rule. <laughs> Yeah, I like what they've been doing a lot. Um, rated R, episode 83. Yeah. So you ready to get into this thing? Yeah, I'm ready. Um, I'm excited, because like you said, this was a first-time watch. I remember seeing this advertised, but it was another one of those ones of, like, for some reason, I was always like, nah, and never got around to it. And that's another reason I love this show so much, is, like, it makes you watch movies you wouldn't have before, and you get gems like this. Well, a little behind the scenes for everybody. I've been trying to get this movie on the show for like a year. Um, it's not, it's never streaming on anything. I had it. And then I was at Best Buy like a month or two ago and I saw it on Blu-ray like for five bucks and I had the DVD before. I'm like, well, I'm buying this Blu-ray for $5 and giving Brett the DVD so we can finally do this movie. Yeah, so it worked out for me. I got a free movie out of it. Yeah. So it opens with a flashback scene. And we get all of our establishment. We get the mansion, the board games on the wall and everything. Do you think this is supposed to be, like, a based on, like, all those old gaming companies and stuff? Like, that kind of family? Yeah, like, this is how Hasbro is still around and shit. Yeah, exactly. And so we get all of our establishing shots and all that. And two little kids that are brothers, um, they're running around and they find the panicked groom. And Daniel, who... As an adult is played by Adam Brody, a returning cast member, and maybe to the kill count. Um, he gives him up and yells, he's over here! He's shot with a crossbow and carried away, 30 years later, card. Yeah, Already, his, 
the movie's funny. I love it. It's like a perfect horror comedy for me. You don't get any of that in this opening. No. I love how, like, the guy, like, the groom, he has an arrow sticking out of him already, and he finds the kids, and he's like, oh, thank God, help me, please, they're trying to murder me. It's like, he's in here! It's like, fuck you, kid. <laughs> Which, that comes back into play later in the movie. Yes. Um, 30 years later, we cut to Grace, played by Samara Weaving. She's going over her vowels, smoking a cigarette in the room, right before she's about to be married, and... The groom comes in. It's supposed to be bad luck or something, isn't it? Yeah, you're not supposed to see the bride, like, in her dress on her wedding day or something, like, that morning before you're actually married. But I drove Liz in her wedding dress through Dunkin' Donuts before we went to get married in her dress, so... (laughs) Hell yeah. But I think, is that supposed to be, like, a little, ah? Like, because he did go see her in the dress and then she pulls the card? Possibly. But yeah, he sees her, comes in, and there's a very tense family dynamic here. The rich family doesn't seem to care for her very much. My favorite is the shot we get of Aunt Helene. Oh my god. <laughs> the lady who has the axe later. She's just staring daggers into her. I'm t- between her and Grace. I don't know who is my favorite character in this movie. Because Grace is like super badass and awesome. But Aunt Helene is just so evil from the very first shot you see her. She's just, like, staring daggers at Grace of just, like, fuck you, fuck you, burn, burn, burst into flame. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess because we later find out that whole flashback scene, that was her groom getting killed. Right. So, like, and apparently no one's drawn that card since then, so she probably has to be like, I hate all of you and your happy marriages. (laughs) Yeah, because, like, she's, like, super, like, devoted into it now. She's like, okay, fuck, you killed, like, my husband of, like, half an hour, and this is what the family's thing is, okay, fuck it, I'm just with this, I'm gonna be a huge Satanist now. Yeah, definitely, it it shows, I, I do love her, she's hilarious and evil. Yeah, and I just, like, the her, like, staring daggers at Grace, even, like, when they're up at the altar getting married, like, because this is all within the first five minutes of, like, the yeah. wedding and everything, and I love that she's at the very, like, front row and, like, everyone stands up and she is clapping and she looks around, like, disgusted and, like, slowly stands up, but she doesn't clap. Oh, speaking of, like, the wedding and everything, it's taking place outside of the mansion. It's all pretty much set at this location. Do you want to know, do you know what this mansion is also from? No. Billy Madison. Oh, no shit. Yeah, it's that mansion. Oh, hello, Mr. Penguin. <laughs> My favorite throwaway line in that movie is when he opens up the door to the teacher's house and he and he's drunk. He's like, I didn't know you had a ladder in here because there's stairs in front of him. Yeah. <laughs> and he looks up the penguins out there. He's like, oh, I see you're already busy. <laughs> uh, Daniel, uh, Alex's brother, the groom is Alex, comes in, tells them it's almost time. He says to Grace what you think is just your typical joking last chance you can run now or something like that. Yeah, like that's always like, it's always like the mother-in-law or something like that. It's like, oh, you know, this is the last chance to get away. And it's like, oh, ha, 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 you know, not in this way of like, oh, you're right. (laughs) Yeah, Daniel played by Adam Brody, like I mentioned earlier, he was also the douchebag band guy from Jennifer's Body. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, the lead singer of that band. When you were saying that he had already been in a movie, I was trying to think of, like, what, like, newer movie have we seen that he would have been in? Because I didn't recognize him. Yeah, that's him. He looks different in this one. He's not looking like an emo rock star. Yeah. Um, and then we get the whole mention of she's going to be part of the De La Moss Gaming Dominion, is wait, what they call it. Wait a minute, didn't Jennifer's body also deal with Satan stuff? Yeah. So he's just like, he's typecast as a Satanist now. Not a horrible typecast, but like... Oh yeah, dude, I realize I have a very specific love for movies, like horror comedies, female-led, sat- uh, satanic like plotline. I'm like, oh, I think there's something weird that I love about this dynamic of a movie. Yeah. But, so, wedding happens, all yay, and that's it. She does lie to the mother-in-law about smoking during all the pictures. Like, no, I don't smoke. And she does compliment her cigarette case, which is just a fun little moment at the end. Yeah, and I love how the mom's like, don't pay attention to any of these blue blood people, like these rich snobs. Like, I also married into the family, and I was, like, not as rich as these people. So, like, don't let them get to you kind of thing. And at first, it makes you like the mom. Oh, the mom seems like she's, like, the one who's genuinely nice to her out of all of them at the beginning. Like, she almost, like, she goes along with it and whatnot as the movie goes, but it's almost the thing of, like, oh, man, it had to be this one, like, but, okay, I'm already in. Yeah. Wedding ends, we're about to have post-wedding night fun time between uh, Grace and Alex, and it's interrupted by Aunt Helene just standing there. (laughs) How terrifying would this be? Or, like, if they didn't see her, how far into it would Aunt Helene let them get into it before she's like, um, excuse me, uh... I wonder if it's like this whole thing has to take place before that goes on. Oh, maybe before... After you're married. Before they was it consummate? Is that what it is? Consummate the marriage, yes. Yeah, where it's, um, oh shit, he's about to get it. Hurry, everyone rush in. <laughs> Send in the creepy ant. <laughs> like, it's just like, yeah. <laughs> I also got to say, I love Aunt Helene's look of her, like, white hair that stood straight up. She kind of has, like, a purple, like, mini cape thing on. Like, she already looks, and she has, like, dark, like, emo eyeliner. Like, she already is, like, I'm not hiding the fact that basically I sold my soul to Satan. Like, I'm in. Like, she's like old goth grandma. Yeah. (laughs) He explains that at midnight they have to play a game, and you just go down, you play, and then you're part of the family. And she's like, okay, then everyone accepts me as a family? Okay, I will play the shit out of checkers. Yeah, because they're like, uh, because they even go into it in a minute, because there's like that other, like, guy the guy that married into the family he's like i got old maid who what the fuck is old maid <laughs> dude so that guy's character's name is fitch and he married the daughter who's like blood family emily and they're my favorite couple oh because emily is just high on cocaine the whole time and he is not buying into it the entire time yeah she's doing coke and taking pills the whole time he's on his phone like googling like is satanism real or bullshit like <laughs> yeah I, I love because we're pretty much at that part anyway. When they show up and Emily's like, oh, Aunt Helene. And she has the best line of the movie. Brown haired niece, you continue to exist. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, the father gives this big exposition speech about the family history 
and we learned about LaBelle and the box and all that stuff. Okay, the long story short of it, instead of going into all the details, long time ago their ancestor met this mysterious man, LaBelle, who basically granted their family eternal success and wealth as long as they played by his rules and did this thing with his box, so they draw a card and play every time someone new joins the family. Does that about sum it up? Yeah, that's about right. Is LaBelle Satan, or is he just like a also a Satanist that can grant this? I think he's Satan, like, Satan was walking the earth as LaBelle at the time, because then they do the whole Hell Satan thing at the end. Yeah, and everything's, like, to him and whatnot, so that's what I was trying to think of, like, is he actually Satan, or is he, like, a Satan underling, where he's more powerful, but he's, like, the assistant to Satan? <laughs> no, I think he's supposed to be the devil. Nice. She draws hide-and-seek, and she can hide anywhere in the house but they're going to turn off the cameras. She's like, and so there's no way I really win. Well, you could stay hidden until dawn. And she laughs like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. I just love everyone's reactions when she gets hide and seek. And she's just like, oh, this will be goofy and fun. And they're all like, oh, shit. Like, this hasn't happened in a while. Are we doing this? I guess so. Like, okay, everyone. Like, everyone has this look on their face like, god damn it. Except for Anne Helene, she's fucking stoked. She is in. <laughs> Especially with, like, the weapon that she's given here in a minute. Oh, yeah. So, the dad tells her to go ahead and hide, and they put on this record that's warped as all hell. I don't think it's to play in the slightest, but I love this fucking song they put on while she's hiding. It's like, run, run, run! A game of hide-and-seek, and just goes on forever. It's, like, just so old and creepy and whatnot. It has that, like, it seems like it was, like, a 1930s song or something, where it just sounds creepy. Yeah, I, I kind of love it. It gets stuck in my head every now and then. It's going to go on the uh, list with Let's Buzz, and, like, the Scream theme song, and the theme song to Profondo Rosa, and... Oh, yeah, you think this isn't getting nominated for a Throbby next year? Come on. <laughs> we're going to be on our next, like, trip to someplace, and it's going to be, run, 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 hide <laughs> and seek. <laughs> like, we pull up next to someone, they're, like, blasting, like, metal or rap music, and we pull up, and we're all like, hey, and it's like, run, run, run. <laughs> we're, like, blaring it, the bass is going. Hell yeah. Um, well, the record's playing, she's going out hiding, and then they're handing out the weapons to everybody, and Aunt Helene gets an axe, yes. Emily gets, like, an old blunderbuss pistol-looking thing, Fitch gets the crossbow, most of them get guns, it's, that's pretty much it, right? It's, uh, the mom gets, like, a bow and arrow. Yeah, and I love how, like, Fitch gets the crossbow, and he's like, how do you even fire this thing? How old is this? Like, Aunt Helene gets this giant, like, battle axe, which is so hilarious that they give, like, the little old lady, like, the most badass weapon, but she is also the most bad one, badass one of the family. Yeah, she has, like, a Gimli axe, is what it is. Yeah, oh, oh you have my axe! <laughs> yeah, she hides in the dumbwaiter, which, that that's what it's called, right? Like, the little elevator for stuff? Yeah, like, the kitchen, like, elevator. Yeah, I think it's, like, a dumbwaiter. Alex is left behind while everyone else goes hunting, but he leaves through what is called the servant corridors, like little extra hallways in the walls of the house. You know, rich people stuff. Yeah, I love earlier when Aunt Helene just pops out of the wall, basically. She's like, of course you guys have secret passages. Yeah. So, 
this is this supposed to be like a play on like there's always conspiracies and stuff about like the uber rich like hunting down people and everything like do you think this is that was like the inspiration for this yeah like how they like drink blood and like they eat babies and shit yeah <laughs> yeah that's what i think they were going for something like that with this and from what i know not to jump to the very end but there's a line at the end where they say in-laws I know the original line was rich people, and it was changed, because I think they didn't want to lean into it as heavy. Yeah, because, you know, there's going to be some rich pe- person that goes, and they're like, hey, like their monocle falls off in disgust. <laughs> or more likely, some rich person's going to see it and be like, I'm not funding your next movie. Or they're going to be like, ha ha ha, ha. this is real funny, right guys? Ha 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 calling the wife like, holy shit, I think they're on to us. <laughs> yeah. Hide the babies. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so it's probably like five minutes of her hiding in the dumbwaiter. It's like, yeah, I'm done. And she leaves the dumbwaiter, I guess, to go find a new hiding spot or to be like, okay, you win. But Alex finds her to warn her and they duck behind this bed. Like, he's being real quiet and warning her. But the one of the maids is out looking for one of the missing kids and stumbles into the room. And Emily shoots the maid headshot, too. Right there, like, I got her! I got her! Yeah, she's, like, super excited. She's also, like, super coked up, so she's like, woo! Like... Yeah, and they're like, is she wearing a big white dress? That's not her! Yeah, like, the entire time, like, because it keeps going on of, like, these poor servants. Oh, yeah, there's three of them, and they all, four, I guess, they all get it, and and they're like, and you you killed her. You're supposed to maim her. Like, we need her alive for the ritual. They're like, yeah, if you shoot her in the head, how are we supposed to do the ritual? And she's like, I don't know. Then it does the thing of like, I'm sorry, daddy. And she's like, oh, it's okay. Meanwhile, like I said, though, Grace is right there hearing all this. So she's all of a sudden in a very sober, scary situation very fast. Yeah, it went from like, ha ha ha, this is kind of fun, and like, okay, I know I don't have to win the game, so just go ahead and find me, I don't care, so I can just go back and be with my husband, to, oh fuck, they just shot one of their own maids in the face, and they're looking for me. Her and Alex go into the servant corridors to hide, and he has this line that says, if I told you, you would have left. I'm going to say, that still doesn't make it okay, dude. No, and then he also kept being, like, the one line, it's like, well, you're you're the one that wanted to get married, I didn't want to, and she's like, do not put this on me! Yeah, like, for real, like, getting married's a pretty normal thing, a lot of people do it. This is not a normal thing, you can't act like this is part of the package. Yeah, and he's also like, well, if I didn't ask you to marry me, you would have left. It's like, but you also knew this was, like, a op, like, this could have happen so you're being very selfish yeah that's basically how he's being um they split up and alex is gonna go disable the lock so she can escape he tells her you go down the hallway and you take the door there and she tears up the dress so she's not tripping on anymore this dress is just destroyed by the end of the movie and apparently they made like 20 of them throughout the filming of this movie that's something i love as the movie goes on is how fucked up her like wedding dress becomes because like at the very first thing that happens is when she hops out of like the dumbwaiter uh she rips it a little bit and she's like oh man god damn it and then it turns to like later she's ripping like her sleeve off to like you know do a repair (laughs) yeah there's like a red dress at the end yes but it also is like this isn't one of the first like real cool badass shots of her it's like yeah she like 
tears off a bunch of the dress, and then she's in, like, Converse. She's already, like, starting to look a little fucked up, and then it's like, the best shot is later when she's holding the gun. Oh, yeah. Which doesn't pay off, but yes, I know what you mean. <laughs> yes. But she walks out the wrong door at the end of the corridor, right into Aunt Helene, the oh, dad, God. Daniel, and Emily. And I love they're all just arguing about how now she might know we're after her. Like, this is going to be harder. And she walks out, and Daniel goes, found her. Yes. It was so funny, because they're like, she could be anywhere. Emily misses. She gets away and hides in the game room. Everyone's running every which direction. This is a perfect setting for a movie like this, too, because it's a giant mansion with all these, like, hidden rooms and corridors and everything like that. It's a really cool place for a movie like this. Yeah, I agree. And it, it doesn't do the thing of, like, certain movies that are just at, like, one specific location for the entire movie get boring because there's only so much you can do with it. This movie, you forget that it's still just this one house. Oh, because it's so huge. Yeah. It's basically, like, five houses. True. <laughs> like, if you took the original Halloween, all those houses in the school... That's probably Haddonfield. This mansion's probably the size of it. Yeah, it's like, how many of Brett's houses can we fit inside this mansion? Oh, I always think that when I drive past those huge houses. Man, I could fit my house in there in quite a, quite a few times. Yeah, like, easily. <laughs> Daniel comes into the game room, and she's there, and see, see, yeah, she's there and sees him walk in, and she's, like, petrified, and he goes, he sighs, like, I just came to get a drink. He's just kind of like, hi. Just like, I, you know, I'm gonna have to alert them. I don't want to do this. Like, he's just like he's just chugging wild turkey throughout the entire movie. Well, I think he hates this. I don't, because he's the boy at the beginning of the movie who gives up the Aunt Helene's husband. Okay. So I think it's like kind of a, he's probably still dealing with that shit all these years later. Because I didn't know if it was him or if it was Daniel that did that. No, he is Daniel, out of Brody's character. He says Alex get in his closet, like he has him hide while he turns him in. Okay. He goes, I'm going to give you a 10-second head start, though. And <laughs> she runs, and he gives her, like, a minute head start. Yeah, I love his counting. He's like, one 1,000, two 1,000. He takes a drink. Two and a half 1,000. <laughs> yeah. He goes, she's in here. His wife, Charity, comes in, and she's all mad at him for letting her get away. And she has a her own motivations because she won't go back to her old life because she also married into the family i'm assuming not an uber rich family yeah she's like i would rather die than lose all of this yeah and at the end of the movie that turns out to be a lie yeah the other maid runs in to tell them where grace is and this maid gets shot with a crossbow again by emily (laughs) this one's my favorite stop giving emily weapons (laughs) <laughs> because then the whole family's in the game room like oh you killed whoever this one's name is then they're arguing and discussing and you realize she's not dead yet she's like gurgling on the floor and trying to like help me and Anna leaves in the middle of her villain speech yeah. when it happens <laughs> she keeps talking and, then, rah, rah, and she stops talks again rah, rah, and finally she just beheads her she just gets pissed off she gets this like death look on her face of just like shut the fuck up I love how everyone starts going like, well, does the help count? Does that do it for the ritual? I'm like, no! I love Anne Helene's like, stop asking that! No! It has to be the bride! <laughs> they decide to turn on the cameras, and that's their plan now. The, the cameras are in this room called the security room, which is where Alex was headed to unlock the door. Grace gets this old shotgun from the wall, 
and puts on like all the shotgun shells like what do you call it like what chewbacca wears i don't know like the, the ammo strap thing it's like the ammo belt but it goes like over your shoulder yes she looks like rambo in a wedding dress at this point exactly it looks badass yeah, this is the scene I was talking about, where it's just, like, she's in her, like, Chuck Taylors, her wedding dress is all fucked up, and she has this ginormous gun with, like, the ammo strap, and it's just like, oh, shit, yeah, here we go. And then come to find out, the bullets aren't real. Yeah, because she makes it to the kitchen, she's about to get out the door, and then the whistling butler walks in, and she hides behind, like, the island in the kitchen. Um, what's the song? He's And that's... I guess the only song that runs through his head ever. Yeah, because he's just... Isn't he playing it later again, too? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. But this scene's actually super fucking tense, because she's trying to load the gun without making a noise and everything, and he's right there. And every now and then he stops and looks behind, and goes back to his whistling. And I think this is great when uh, any actor in a horror movie can do the thing where they're trembling so bad they're making extra noise, like... When she's trying to put the shell into the gun and it's like tapping on the metal and everything. Yeah, yeah, I've noticed that too. And like every time, like she opens the gun and like he's looking for her because there's like the tiniest little noise. And then again, when she closes it and it's like, well, at that point, like the T's whistling and he's way too invested in his song. Yes. She gets it loaded. Uh, Alex gets the door unlocked. She can see on the door. The butler notices, but then she jumps up, points the gun at him. And goes to shoot him, just an empty click. And he's like, the ammunition is for display only. <laughs> I love your butler voice. <laughs> oh, thank you. Does it sound like fancy like a butler? Yes. Oh, I'm in the wrong career. Smartly, they start fighting, but she smashes a teapot over his head and runs away. Yeah, where he just filled it with like boiling water. So like his face is scalded. Yeah, it, and it's all nasty looking the rest of the movie. Alex makes an actual smart horror movie decision because he's in that security room right when his dad and brother are coming in and he just smashes all the monitors and everything, makes them unusable. Yeah, where it's, um, yeah, because at this point he's trying to work with her, which later on, like, he does a turn, spoiler alert. But they get in, they find him, they, like, knock him out and drag him out. My favorite is Grace goes to hide back in the dumbwaiter because that was a good hiding spot. They didn't find her there. She never should have left. And the last maid is in there? Yeah. Well, I guess also hiding? She's like, I'm not even really a maid. Uh, the the master of the house just likes how I dance. Like, Yeah, and she's like, okay, look, I'm hiding too. They're trying to kill me. And then she starts trying to turn her in like everyone does. She's like, I found her! And then Grace, like, jumps back as she grabs her, but she accidentally presses the button on the elevator. We actually get a pretty cool kill here, like, because the elevator closes on her and splits her in half. Yeah, that's a fucking strong elevator door. Like, holy fuck. Yeah, I don't know if they have security on those little things. Like, a regular one, like how if you put your hand there, it opens back up. I don't know about those things. And this house seems so old. That seems like a, like a elevator from, like, the 30s. So I'm guessing not. But she dies... Um, Grace somehow ends up on the roof and overhears Aunt Helene and the parents talk about Alex is supposed to lead this family this night. I regret not participating and killing my own husband. This is supposed to be a night where he leads us. And she jumps off the roof right as the Finch guy, the crossbow guy, is searching, deal with the devil. 
Real or bullshit? Yes. I love because, like, he married into the family, so he's not quite sure. Like, he's never had to deal with this part of it. It's always just been like, oh, we play checkers, you know? Not, oh, this Satan thing actually is really real, and they want me to kill someone? And when you think about it, they really have no idea if it's real, even though they're doing it, like, because they've never not done it, because or else they'd be dead. Exactly. It's one of those things of like, well, better safe than sorry. We better kill the person. Yeah. She goes into the goat stalls. There's like a random barn on this super rich property, but she goes in there and there's a little kid whose name I remember for obvious reasons. His name is Georgie. I thought Pennywise was about to pop out. <laughs> yeah, as soon but... as uh, as soon as she's like, Georgie, I was just like, hello, Georgie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is the kid the maid was looking for earlier. He comes in and he's like, oh my god, Georgie. And he has Emily's gun from earlier and shoots her through the hand with the gun, like, straight through the palm of her hand. And I love her, like, what the fuck? Like, freaking out. And she punches him and knocks him out because he's a tiny kid. They're easy to knock unconscious, I imagine. But she falls backwards into the goat corpse pit. Yeah, I love the, like, no, like, holding back of just, like, you little fucker. And she, like, sucker punches him and he goes down. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah she falls in this pit that's like full of like sacrificial goats and there's also human corpses like skeletons in there it's just terrifying looking she she throws up all over the place all over her dress like i love if you take the beginning her at the beginning of this movie even till now like the evolution of a few hours how crazy she looks by now oh and like all the flies that are in there and whatnot it's not like a sanitized like hollywood looking like death pit it actually looks like oh there's flies there's like maggots like there's the dead guy from the beginning of the movie with the two arrows like you said you're like why are there just goats the dead goats in here like this and we find out later they sacrifice goats yeah i guess there's more to it than just the wedding thing or is that just an extra little flavor they like to do I don't know. It's like, do they have to kill, like, a goat every full moon or something? Or, like, yeah, how many different, like, steps do they have to go through to stay rich? At what what point does it become, we're putting in way more work than if we just had normal jobs. Yeah. But she starts climbing out of the goat pit, and the ladder goes away. And this scene, ugh. Because, like we said, she got shot through the hands. She has a hole in the palm of her hand. And she reaches up because the ladder goes off and there's a nail sticking up and the hole in her hand goes over the nail and she has to pull herself up by that. And like, just look, I just had a finger injury not long ago. And like with your flesh tearing and stuff like that, it creeped me out. I'm like, oh, I do not like this. I can't imagine like putting your, what used to be the setting of your hand through a nail and having that tear into you. Yeah, like, you already put your hand through the nail. Now you have to take the hand off of the nail. Uh, I was watching this, I was, like, five minutes in, and Liz came upstairs, and she's like, oh, what are you watching? And she actually sat down and watched it with me. And during that scene, yeah, she's covering her eyes. She's just like, oh, Jesus Christ! (laughs) Yeah, that's a rough scene. It's cool, though. Yeah. But as she gets out tears off her sleeve to wrap up her hand because you little fucker again at the kid and then she's running out she's gonna go towards the road daniel's wife charity sees her goes to shoot at her but she has a gun from like the 1800s so of course misses like fuck 
Yeah. She goes and tells the butler and the others like that she saw her running away. I love that she's just like, oh, I got you now. And then, yeah, she's like, li- like I'm guessing she's lining up. And then, like, the arrow goes, like, 30 feet above her head. And you hear, like, a bird make a noise. And she's just like, fuck. <laughs> also, if I was Grace, I would have thrown that little fucker in the goat pit. Yeah, I would have too. Yeah. You can stay down there. Fuck you. Like, maybe they're just be distracted with saving you long enough that I can get away. Or take him as a hostage. Yeah. But she she crawls through the fence. She gets to the fence, like an iron gate that they have. She, like, bends a piece of it that's loose back and crawls through, like, cutting herself in the gate. Which doesn't sound like much, but it's shot so much that I'm like, ugh, tetanus. Oh yeah, this is another one where Liz was like cringing, because like, it's like a, it's not like a quick cut. It's like slowly cutting her back, and you can like see it separating, it's like disgusting. Oh yeah, but she's off the property now, she's out, she's, she has a chance to get away here. But the butler is in the car looking for her. Well, I want to mention that she's, like, at the gate trying to bend the bar to escape, and she sees a car coming. So she's like, I gotta hurry up to get to this car to wave him down. And she, like, gets through the gate, she's cut herself, she's all fucked up, and she gets to the car, the car slows down, the guy just rolls down his window and goes, yeah, the fucking road! And he's, like, in a Porsche or something, and so she, he goes driving away, so she's like, rich assholes! <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, I look. I've seen this movie a bunch of times. Every time I think that's the butler, I always forget that there's like a random other person that drives past. Yeah, because I was immediately like, "Oh, that's gonna be one of the family members. It's gonna be like the end of House of a Thousand Corpses, where Captain Spaulding picks her up, and then Otis is in the back seat." Yeah, but the butler's out there looking for her. Meanwhile, at the house, the dad's freaking out and going, "Do you think this is a fucking game?" and <laughs> Daniel, yes, hide and seek. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, Alex is sawing through the bedpost with his handcuffs that he's cuffed to. And these are rich people, though. That's got to be some kind of super thick, hard wood to get through. That's going to take him a while. Yeah, it's either that or it's like you're kind of at a weak spot. If you just kept pulling and pulling, it's going to break. Yeah. I don't I mean, know. Eventually, you get I don't know how he's sawing through the wood with his handcuffs. It's not like they're sharp. Eh, metal on wood, it'll happen. Okay. There's a part with Daniel and Emily now, because they fucked up enough. They're like, you go throw all them in the goat pit. They throw all the bodies in, and Daniel does the whole, we all deserve to die. Emily does, well, my kids don't. Like, they're innocent in this. And right there, the kid's like, I saw the girl, I shot her. <laughs> it's like, yeah, the kids deserve it too. Yeah, because even at like the end, when they bring them in to like, show them, like, the ritual and whatnot. They're like smiling. They're all into it. Yeah. Um, right there's where our butler hits Grace with the car. He found her running around. We get a fight, but she chokes him out and takes the car. And she calls OnStar or whatever the non trademark infringing version of OnStar is in this movie. Yeah, and I love that it's like, hi, this is Daniel with knockoff OnStar. How may I help you? And she's like, call the cops. Yeah, he goes, actually, I see the car's reported stolen. I have to shut it down. It's company policy. And shuts the car down. She's like, fuck! And fun fact, Samara Weaving does not know how to drive, and she had to learn how to pretend to drive for this role. Oh, really? Yes. Oh. also love, like, because Liz and I have both worked a lot of customer service. As soon as uh, 
the knockoff OnStar guy is like, I can't unlock your car. Is there anything else I can do for you? And she's like, that's customer service 100% right there. Of just like, I do care at all what you're going through. Is there anything else you want? Yeah, no, that's how it goes. Yeah. But then the butler catches up, knocks her out, has her in the back, and she dreams she's in the car with Alex, but wakes up to realize it. Butler's like video calling the family, like, <laughs> I have them. I have her. I'm on my way back. And then he cranks up his classical music and is having the grand old time. They're all cheering him on. Yeah, and I love they're all like, he's like FaceTiming them to show him like, hey, look, he, she's right here in the back seat. Now he's jamming out. The family's all like, good job. And then like Grace starts like coming to and is like about to kick him in the face. And they're all like, no, you idiot. Turn down the music. Pay attention. <laughs> he's going bah, 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 driving. And she like, what did she do? She knocks him out, right? And then the car just crashes. Yeah, she kicks him in the face like a few times. The car flips over like into the woods and like the video calls lost. So now the family's like, fuck again. Yeah, and the butler is a bloody mess. He's dead. She gets out of the car and it's right where Daniel is. It's like, I came out here to be alone. <laughs> like, she yeah. inconvenienced him by crashing into here. It's like, I was trying to get away from all this and you just crashed into my getting away from all this. <laughs> Yeah, he knocks her out, and the dad was right there. I think he knew the dad was right there, too, and that's why he did, though. Yeah, that's why he had to, like, play along, because as soon as he can, he, like, immediately helps her. Here's where the mom's talking to Alex, and we learn he left, because one day they were there sacrificing a goat. He's like, it's weird that this feels normal. That's pretty much it. Yeah. But they have her now, and everyone's putting on their fancy satanic robes. Oh yeah, they everyone. I love too. Everyone has their hoods up except for Aunt Helene because she doesn't want to mess up her hair. Yeah, she already looks evil enough. She doesn't need it. No, it's like you don't even have to do anything different, Aunt Helene. You already look demonic. Also, I want to point out how badass this pentagram table that they randomly have is. Yeah, where did they pull that out of? Yeah, like how was this? Maybe they had a tablecloth on it or something. I don't know. <laughs> like it just seemed like a regular table before until you pull that off. Like every dinner is like a tiny little sacrifice. Yeah, but they tie Grace on the pentagram table and they're all chanting Latin. They pass around the chalice. They all drink from it, except for Daniel, mind you. And Alex is still tied up too. And they're about to stab her. And every the dad stops. Is it? Ugh. And throws up. Everyone's puking except for Daniel. He and Ties or they run. And he says, they'll shit weird for a week, but they'll be fine. Yeah, I love that. He's like, no, I googled it. They'll be fine. I also love how the dad was like, hail Satan! And then he starts throwing up blood of like, oh, they almost said it. Because this entire time it's building more and more to like, are these like, is this a Satanist like cult family? Oh, yeah, they are, definitely. Like, they don't, like, come out and say it right away at the beginning. You start getting, like, little clips, like, you know, uh, what Fitz was, like, Googling about Satanism and stuff, and there's little things about, like, sacrificing goats and... Yeah, it all... T- you you knew where it was going. Yeah. We've seen enough of this. Daniel's wife, Charity, tries to stop them. He's like, we're not stopping, and she shoots him, and he's dying, and Grace and her fight, Grace knocks her out. And then knocks out the dad with a lantern, drops it, the curtains catch on fire, it looks like she's going to get away. The mom stops her, she's just battle royaling her way through this, taking him out one by one. The mom stops her, and she's like, I really did like you, or something like that, but they fight. 
Grace is being choked out by her on the ground, and she bludgeons her to death with the label box, which doesn't sound like anything of an exciting kill. All props to the sound design here. Look, whoever came up with whatever that bludgeoning sound is when she's crashing that box into the mom's head is a genius. Yeah, also, I like your phrase, crashing the box into her head. <laughs> but it's also... I, I don't know how to describe it. <laughs> I love the little detail, too, of, like... Once she, like, pulls the box away from the head, finally, it's, like, dripping blood. There's, like, pieces of mat, like, brain matter on it. There's, like, hair stuck to it. Yeah, it's so sickening. I love it each thud, and it comes up with more and more each time. Yeah. That's great. But uh, Alex has gotten himself free in the meantime, and he comes out and sees that she killed his mom, and she goes to hug uh, Grace, and Grace won't hug him. And there stops for a moment and says, you won't be, be with me after this, will you? And there's a long pause, and then we get another, she's in here, he yells and turns on her. Yeah, which, as soon as, like, he's, like, you see that, like, oh, he sees that she's killed, like, his mom, and his body language and everything, and how she's acting, is you're immediately like, oh, yeah, she's fucked. But, dude, your mom was trying to kill her. And you're also were trying to get away from this family, so why are you all of a sudden now, like... Yeah, you you know how this goes, dude. Why are you shocked? But, anyway, they turn on her. Uh, the sacrifice resumes. Alex is going to do the stab this time. He yells, Hail Satan. Everyone repeats. But right before um, the stab happens, she squeezes his hand so the knife misses, and then sunrise. Yeah, she, like, he misses, he, like, gets her in the shoulder. So, like, it's just, like, trying to buy those few extra seconds of, like, I know the sun's going to be up any second now. Yeah, and the sunrise, and everyone's (laughs) panicked, and nothing happens. And you know what? As much as I love the ending, and believe me, I love the ending, I wouldn't have complained at an ending where it was all bullshit that they believed. It was just nothing the whole time. Yeah, it's almost how, like, the end of Red State. It builds up to this huge crescendo. And it's like, the apocalypse is happening, the four horsemen are coming, because you hear, like, what, the horn or the bells or whatever. And he's preaching, and he's preaching, then it cuts. And it was just like, oh yeah, that was a bunch of college kids fucking with him. Like, I remember Kevin Smith being like, there, I got to a point, and I wanted to go the full biblical four horsemen, but then I looked at my budget. (laughs) Yeah, but that would have almost been a fun ending for this, but I'm I'm really happy with what we got instead, to be honest, but I wouldn't have complained about that either. No, exactly. I also love, like, Aunt Helene, like, throws open the curtains, she starts screaming, everyone's (laughs) screaming, and, like, huddling, (laughs) and, like, waiting for it, it's like they're a vampire, and they're like, oh no, the sunlight, but then the sunlight doesn't do anything. Oh, it's definitely a vampire, especially when Helene opens it, goes, yeah, like, recoils from the sun. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's like everyone's like, "Oh fuck!" And Grace has the knife that was in her shoulder. Just like, yeah, and I'm like, won't let anyone near her. And oh my god, was, her like primal scream right there, where she's just like, Rah! "It's just like holy shit!" Like you start laughing a little bit because it's so over the top, but you understand. Oh, <laughs> yeah, um, Helene's like. I know I failed, I don't care, the girl still dies! And she's going to axe her, and then she just fucking explodes in, like, a blood gusher. Yeah, because I love, like, even right before that happened, Fitz is like, I knew it! It's all bullshit! Like, looking at the dad, like, looking at the, like, the 
uh, what head of the family, you know, like I knew you were all like idiots. Like, yeah, and right when she gets to kill Grace, she explodes. And this little effect makes the scene so much better. The record starts again. Yes. And the it's hide like, and seek song starts playing. Like you said, it's super warped because at this point, like the house is still on fire. They're like, okay, we'll take care of the fire in a minute. We have to do the sacrifice first. Yeah, so it's run, 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 and everyone starts fucking exploding, and it's like one by one, and the crossbow guy explodes. My favorite is um, Emily runs out with the two kids, and you know how these movies go, the kids never die. No, it's pop, 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 and blood flies from all of them, all three of them die. Like, yeah! Finally, yeah. one did it! Yeah, there's like three like organ explosions off screen, so you know, like, oh yeah, the kids exploded. <laughs> yeah, Charity, who said, I would rather die than go back to what I had before. She's like, no, I, I don't want it! I take it back! Then she explodes. Um, everyone's gone, the dad's last, and that's just her and Alex there. And... Look, I wonder if Alex would have survived if she would have, like, taken him, because, like, they were the married couple that didn't do it. But she takes off the ring and just laughs. I love that she's laughing through the whole thing. Like, she's traumatized. It's almost like a more subtle Sally at the end of Texas Chainsaw Massacre here. Yes, I agree. Of just the, it's just pure chaos. And she's just, like, delirious now. Yeah, she's just giggling and laughing and everyone's going and she laughs harder with each one. And Alex is like, Babe, I'm sorry, but look, we're still here. We did it. We survived. And she goes, Alex takes off the ring and gives it back. goes, I want a divorce. And then he explodes all all over the place, too. See, I wonder if he would have survived if she would have stayed with him. I don't, yeah, that's interesting. Like, I'd wonder if it would have been, like, if he would have survived, like you said, if he hadn't have been such a dickhead. Yeah, but, oh, well, they all deserved it. And it, there's a blood dripping everywhere. The house is on fire. Um, you get this cool, what's the actual song? Love Me Tender by Stereo Jane. But it starts with the Here Comes the Bride thing on the guitar, like, bow, now, now, now. And she's walking through the fire, and it's really fucking badass. And I love how, like, when she goes and sits on the steps and smokes a cigarette and waiting for, like, the police and the firemen, it's right where she got married, like, less than 24 hours ago. Oh, yeah, and do you notice what she's smoking? She's smoking the cigarette case she complimented her mother-in-law oh, yeah. on earlier. I love she nabbed it. She's like, I like that. I'm going to take that. Yeah, <laughs> she's just sitting there drenched in blood as a mansion is burning behind her, smoking uh, fire, police arrive. Like, we got one here. Ma'am, are you okay? What happened? Or What's going on? She takes a drag of a cigarette and just goes, in-laws. <laughs> And then credits. It's just such a great final line of just like how many times it's like, oh, I gotta go visit the in-laws. But it's not like, yeah, the in-laws are Satanists. They tried to sacrifice me. Dude, what a great movie. I love this one. I agree. After like, this is a first time watch for me, like we said at the beginning. And I always love those because you never know what it's going to be. Sometimes it's great. Sometimes you're like, oh, okay, that's all right. I won't watch it again. This one, I'm like, oh, this was fun. Yeah. So, uh, question on the ending. What do you think happens with her, though? Because there's a super rich family, everyone's dead, the house is burning down, you just married in, and you're the only survivor. I'm guessing now the fortune's hers. Because even, um, what's the name of the devil guy? LaBelle. Oh, yeah, we see him for a second after everyone explodes. Yeah. He, like, in a flame appears in the chair door, nods his head at, at her, and then disappears. Yeah, I love that. Where, like, yeah, he nods at her, kind of like, well done, and disappears, and she's like, 
okay, what else now? Yeah. But I'm guessing the but, fortune's hers. I would think so, too. So she better hire some damn good lawyers is what I'm saying. Yeah, and also, we're shutting this down. I'm selling the comp- I'm selling the business. I'm just cashing out. Yeah, I used to think, like, this is one of those movies that seems like a happy ending until you think about it. Because I'm like, oh, she's going to prison. Like, they're going to blame her for it. But in, in her best case scenario, there is a goat sacrifice pit with human remains in it. So you could probably actually back up your story. Exactly. She has evidence in her favor, and also, you're, she's pretty fucked up, too. So. Yeah. I was thinking, like, the first few times I watched it, and it wasn't until this time I, I realized, I'm like, oh, house is burned down. Go show him the goat pit, though. Yeah, you'll be fine. Yeah, exactly. There's, a dead, there's dead bodies in there. There's a few fresh ones, and one that's been in there for, like, 20, 30 years. Yeah. But, yep, that's Ready or Not. I love this movie. Yeah. Alright. You want to get into Count of the Dead? Yes, let's see where we are at with Count of the Dead. Ah, ah, ah. Alright, so the Count of the Dead is where we tally up all the deaths in the movie, and we add them to our grand total of every movie we've ever done. Last episode we did was Studio 666, which left us with a Count of the Dead of 909. Um, <laughs> there was quite... I'm trying to even remember how many family members there were and whatnot. Cause like I can ha- I can look it up, but I don't want to like cheat and what. Yeah, don't cheat. I'm not cheating. That's cheat what I'm saying. I was just like I could look up how many family members there were, but I'm not gonna. Um, I'm gonna say there because there was also all the maids. There were. I'm gonna and say the butler and the yeah, flashback guy. Twelve. Twelve. Am I off by one? <laughs> No, you're not off by one anymore. Well done. I'm very happy that streak has finally broken. But, but I'm not right. You're not right. But you know what? I'd rather be you be more wrong than one off again. Yeah. Because I was starting to think you are doing it on purpose. <laughs> no. It was 15. Oh, nice. Brought us a count of the dead of 924 now. Nice. Very nice. Well, uh, yes. every week, Derek Greg does this count of the dead. Ah, ah, ah. And I like to do my ratings from Dimension Z. I forgot, I forgot I was supposed to thunderclap there. I was waiting for the thunderclap. I was like, oh. I was like, I did my ah, ah, ah. I forgot. There it is. Yeah. Basically, uh, I go through from one through ten, one being the worst, ten being the best. And I pick something from the movie to rate it out of. And I'm trying to think with this one what there could be. Because unfortunately, there is very little food. No, we've been doing so much food lately anyway. That's fine. Yeah. Still kind of sad. I wanted to do, like, cheeseburgers or something. Um, <laughs> I mean, do, like, I guess games. Oh, okay. yeah, games works. Yeah, because that works out really well. But that's a really tough one for me, because I'm trying to think of a game that I enjoy. Um, a number one game, I'm thinking it's like, and not even that it's the worst game. It just takes so long, and I don't like games in the begin in first place. So I don't want to play one for three hours. It's like Monopoly. Oh, I thought you were gonna say Risk. No, I've never played Risk, longer. but I remember well, playing Monopoly a couple times as a kid. And at a certain point, I would just went like, I don't care. Like I just want this to be over with. I want to go watch my fucking VHS copy of Friday the Thirteenth Part Two again. And I'm going to say a number 10 game. And I'm not just going to put this towards board games because I can't think of a board game I even like. Uh, I'm going to say is like 
Grand Theft Auto or Minecraft, because those are the only two that have ever kept my attention for more than, like, a couple weeks. Okay. Um, I'm going to give this a good seven games out of ten. It's a lot of fun. I'm definitely going to rewatch it at some point, and I can't wait to rewatch it again now that I kind of know, like, what the overarching thing is, and I can pay attention to, like, more details because this seems like the kind of movie if you look in the background of like someone's doing something or there's some kind of clue of like oh shit i didn't see that before oh it's fun on a rewatch you catch more and more stuff well you went seven games i am going a straight up 10 games i fucking love this movie wow it's i've said probably one of my favorite movies in the last 10 years this is right up my alley for some reason so yeah this gets a full 10 as you said, this would be a Grand Theft Auto or a Minecraft, I guess. Then, holy shit! I was—I knew this would—I knew you were going to rate it well, but I didn't expect a ten. Yeah, I've been given a ten in a while. This is one I knew was going to get it, though. Nice. Well, I don't—I can't even really argue with you because I had so much fun with this movie. Oh yeah. Well, uh, what are we doing next week, Greg? Next week is a very different movie than this. <laughs> we're going to be very classy next week. Yes. Uh, we're doing Nosferatu the Vampire from 1979. Yes, this is the Werner Herzog uh, remake. Yes. I would... You could call it a remake. It's very different, though, because it's not silent. Yeah, it's I don't, a reimagining, almost, of the original yeah. Nosferatu story. But, um, yes, I yeah, would like to see the baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that guy <laughs> which i did not know that was the same person until greg told me last week i was like holy shit that's Werner herzog yeah like no he's the guy from mandalorian at the beginning that's him i was like oh shit um if you're not couldn't already guess this is a brett pick yeah this is definitely a brett pick <laughs> well this was a uh the movie we wanted to do originally wasn't streaming anymore. And then I went through my whole list of movies that I keep and half of them weren't streaming anymore randomly for some reason. So I was like, fuck it. I looked on shutter and I'm like, Nosferatu's on here. We're doing the fucking two hour movie of a lot of long shots. Oh yeah. Well, it's typically what I do is I look at my movie collection. If there's something I want to do, I say, do you have this? No. Do you have this? No. Sometimes I land on a yes. I'm like, good. Or if not, it's search what's streaming. Exactly. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to talking about that next week. Oh yeah, that'll be a good time. Well, unless you have anything else, man. No, I think that's all I got. Alright, well we hope that uh, Ready or Not has left your brain throbbing with horror. Do you like throbbing with horror? Their early shows were a little too avant-garde for me, but I hear if you follow them on the social media, they do terrific work. You should probably rate them five stars wherever you're listening to them. It makes our show a cut above the rest. Make sure you tune in next week. Wouldn't want to miss another episode, right? <laughs> hey, Paul!